When life happens, plans need to change. Shaping Change, hosted by certified financial planner Ross Marino, is dedicated to helping financial advisors better serve their clients when life takes those unexpected turns. Welcome to the Shaping Change show. We are joined for part two with Dr. Roger Landry. Welcome back, Dr. Landry. Well, thanks. I'm a little older. I must be wiser too uh, for this second part, right? (laughs) I hope I am as well. So in our first part, we talked about how the mind works, how the body works, and how much influence we actually have over aging. And I got my new favorite phrase, which is compression of morbidity. And that is shrinking the time in life where your body is actually declining. And I guess that sounds great along with the title of your book, which is live long and then die short. So dying short would be the compression of morbidity. And I love that. Well, you are certainly a thought leader. You're an expert in this area and you're able to talk about all the things that are going on. So there is a movement out there. There's influences like technology and there's changes that are going on. So let's start with what are the trends that you see right now that are actually going to improve health and aging going forward? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And, and it's almost a cliche to say what's happened in the last year has been an accelerant to everything that was happening, uh, certainly relative to technology. Now, technology was, uh, was booming. There were lots of companies relative to uh, aging in place in, in your home or in senior living community, retirement communities. And the technology had to do with being able to track, you know, biological parameters, uh, you know, safety things, that sort of thing. And all good. But what exploded this last time, and I, even someone who, who appreciates technology knows that it's important. I, I also never ignore the dark side of technology uh, that, that, that's there. And specifically with this one, what happened as uh, we were talking before we started this show, how proficient we have become with Zoom? Well, we have had uh, a whole generation of older adults who were not particularly literate relative to technology, the internet, certainly with uh, video conferencing and now are. And what has that done that's allowed them to keep in touch during this time when they were isolated, some actually just in their rooms. Uh, We overreacted in many cases uh, and we had some uh, decline, a lot of uh, accelerated decline uh, when seeing that. And, but technology was able to connect, get these people connected. They were used to having uh, uh, group sessions and lifestyle courses and weren't able to do that in person and then they were once the communities responded got the technology so i think we will see lots of technology which will enhance not only safety but also uh, knowledge and health but connection and purpose and so we know we're working from our homes ross and so an older adult can engage with society and and have purpose which is critically important even in the comfort of their homes, but with technology. So uh, technology relative to monitoring our health, keeping us safe, great, but also keeping us connected and giving us meaning and purpose. These are huge aspects of technology. It will, it, it, it will, it is continuing and will continue to explode uh, in retirement communities. Um, you know, there was, uh, uh, I think, an unwarranted black eye for the, during the 
the uh, pandemic uh, for the number of deaths to, or disease that was in senior living, but proportionally, it was not all that great. I mean, here you have a very risky population in congregate living. I mean, there was no uh, uh, fertile ground, better fertile ground for a virus uh, than than that. And so the uh, the uh, the ability to do what we talked in the first part, offer a healthy lifestyle, connection, uh, being trying new things every day, which comes with retirement communities versus being in your home. That's what's going to make them successful. What also will will be technology. Now, it, you know, I talk about uh, technology, but there is a uh, there was recently a study, uh, Promatura and the International Council on Active Aging, and they asked uh close to 100 providers, operators of senior living, retirement communities. Uh, what do you see relative to lifestyle? We know that lifestyle is now important. And they, they that 65% of them are going to be uh, not so much reinventing, but uh, labeling themselves as lifestyle-focused communities who offer care when you need it. Right now, we have care communities there for care with a lifestyle option. So this is a radical shift. It's a radical shift, which I think shows an appreciation for the value of lifestyle, the way we were talking about it, the fact that we can change our trajectory, we can have a healthy longevity, and it's really up to us. So there's two, I don't want to go on like Hamlet here forever <laughs> with a soliloquy, but the, the technology and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and the, the ability to uh, connect with others and, uh, to, and have an intergenerational connection is going to be critically important, I think. We didn't talk in part one about the intergenerational connection, but that was a part in your book that really stuck out with me. So even though we're talking about going forward, um, I actually want to go back a little bit that, with that towards the book because you talked about the stimulative effect of being around multiple generations, not just kids, but grandkids, and not just family members, but around other people. Could you talk a little bit about the benefits of that and why you see it as so important? Surely, Ross. Um, I'm seeing it more and more as, as I age, and my grandkids are now in, uh, two, most of them are in college, and therefore, you know, quotes have their own lives. And and uh, so uh, I see it with myself, the, uh, the, if I don't pay attention that I'll have less and less contact with younger generations. You know, Dostoevsky uh, said the soul is healed by being with children. It, it is a healing experience. I think those of us who are grandparents, and parents too, but particularly grandparents, I see this, but it's more than children. It is other generations. It's a circle of life thing. Uh, it, is a, it is a question of providing uh, connection in, in the circle of life, uh, the, where older adults are able to give back. We see this in the blue zones where you ask someone how, where people age and age with great vitality. And in Okinawa, one of them, you ask someone how old they are and they'll lie to you and say they're older because this whole ability to not only be revered, but to be an essential part of the society and expected uh, that younger people want to be older. I mean, way older, not 22, so that they can do what they want to do, but older so that they can uh, share their wisdom, engage in society. It's called Ikigai. And uh, it, uh, Dan Butner talks a lot about it in his books about the blue zone. This, I think, is a critical uh, thing missing in our society 
society today, the, the facilitation of that interaction of the generations. Uh, we, it, right now you can do it, but you have to bang down doors, blow up things, whatever. I don't mean literally, but uh, it's difficult. And we have to make that a lot easier. And in this computer age, shouldn't we be able to do that? We're seeing small scale um, uh, skill uh, uh, connectors, uh, skill groups where s someone can go to a retired businessman and ask him some questions, but it's still only on a very small level. We, we need to do more of that. Everyone will benefit. When I read that part in the book, um, I remember doing an outline and I think I still have it in OneNote. And I thought, because it was so powerful to me, I thought, what if I created like my own little job fair uh, but more like a career experience where I brought in my retired clients and then I brought in the kids or the grandkids of some of my current clients, put them all in a room together and created a reason for them to interact. So the 16, 17, 18 year olds would have to talk to the 70 year olds and just ask them questions about business and life. And I thought, what a win-win and a cool experience. Um, they wouldn't fit in my house. So then I started thinking, what kind of house would I need to have that kind of cool party? And well, pretty much died there because it was, have to be a pretty big house. Uh, but I thought th this really is powerful and maybe there's ways to facilitate that. Is any of that going on that you know about? Uh, there are, there are, there are small uh, uh, projects going on that are getting bigger in, in towns and cities. Uh, but you know, in your field in particular, uh, that you talk about change in your book with Susan Bradley. It's that one of the changes that, that I know that you, your clients struggle with, and I'm sure they share with you because it's huge, is the fact that they went through life with an element of gravitas. You know, they had, they were sought after. They, they were leaders of industry. They were leaders in their field. And all of a sudden, like with the snap of a finger almost, they are invisible. And, and, and you, you see what that does to their emotional, their self-confidence, their emotional self, their self-efficacy. And that is associated with rapid decline in health when that happens. So we have so many reasons to do this. And, uh, and, and I, I think that, um, uh, that it's probably going to have to be at some government level, like the like the UK and Canada have a Ministry of Loneliness, because loneliness is a very important uh, factor in health and quality of life. I think we're going to need one of connection uh, to facilitate this, and uh, I know that many industries, particularly the larger industries, are uh, going out to retired executives. Uh, and uh, and facilitating their connection with uh, with younger executives, even prospects for their companies, uh, but also with young younger executives, that is very helpful. I mean, I mean, just you know, you asking me to be on your show, what does that do for my ego? You know, make me all puffed up, right? You know, and we're human, and and uh, to go through life where that happened, and then all of a sudden that just suddenly changes. That is associated with tremendous decline, as I said. And uh, so uh, uh, th there are small projects in small communities, a lot of the age-friendly cities, that's a designation you can get from the World Health Organization or from AARP. They're realizing that in, in addition to ramps and being uh, age-friendly for the physical part, they have to be doing that for the intellectual part and the emotional part and the connection. So we're seeing grassroots there, but I think we need something to really 
uh, light a fire under these many small movements to for a larger momentum. I know I want it. Shifting the perception of retirement communities to be a lifestyle community um, instead of assisted living or nursing home, I think that's going to be a challenge because I know speaking with people, many are resistant, these would be clients, to going to a nursing home because, quote, you go to a nursing home to die. And that is how it's perceived by a lot of people. Once you lose your freedom, you lose your home, you lose your independence, you're going to that place to die. But that's really not what these communities are, are about. How hard do you think it's going to be to, is it going to be to change that perception? Well, you're asking the right guy. For the last 20 years, that's what we in Masterpiece Living have been doing. We have been partnering with senior living communities. Uh, By the way, this industry is very, very traditional and started uh, in the late 19th century with the almshouses, poor houses. And you, you know what your grandmother said about poor house. You keep spending money like that, you'll be in the poor house. Not a great place. They were not. Uh, they were charitable, uh, usually faith-based, and it was to help the indigent. Not a great reputation. And that's their roots. And uh, they have, in fact, uh, done magnificent things. But focusing on care, um, today, when we're having people live longer, they have aspirations of a healthy longevity. They, uh, they, they want to be the best that they can be. If they feel that this is a place where growth stops, they don't want to be there. And I, I get that. So that's what we have been doing in Masterpiece Living. It's uh, we're helping communities do a cultural shift. And I'm very pleased to hear that study uh, that I quoted you, the Promature, that 65% of those polled said they were going to shift. That is huge. And so I think that there's a momentum there. It will be driven by the boomers. It will be driven by the, the customer, the client, what they want. And they want to age in a better way and have a healthy longevity and they know that they just can't do that in their homes. They, they need a way to stay engaged because unfortunately in our society, as we age, we become more and more isolated. We know what isolation does now because we all experienced it in this last year. Uh, I don't have to try so hard to tell someone how uh, damaging and uh, destructive this can be. And so they're looking for a place where they're gonna be the best that they can be in a community that can articulate that and deliver on that promise. And we see many communities like that and they're growing every day. They'll go, they, 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 you know, they build it, they will come. <laughs> That's exciting. And, and I have to say, I now know that the poor house was actually a house <laughs> they were they, they they were ugly institutional buildings once they uh, once they got going. Oh, it was. Uh... Oh, that's funny. I thought that was just cliche. I, there, <laughs> there's an actual poor house, and so that was referring to an actual poor house. Yeah, they were uh, they were small, usually the ch- within the church. But when they passed uh, Social Security and then Medicare later on, they became bigger buildings. You know, because then they they had a source of revenue. So. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's not the best uh, history if you want to point to your history. It, it is for humanity and the good they have done, but not to attract someone who uh, wants to, uh, to, to age the way you and I do with a healthy longevity. I think the, the country clubs of today in many ways are almost like a, a pseudo 
retirement community in, in the way that they have the housing, they have the social activities, they have the exercise. So not as scripted as I'm sure it could be, but you know, someone who spends time regularly in a club, you see the same people there and they're constantly being engaged and doing other things. And I'll just be blunt about it. They're happy. They're positive people. These, these are not a bunch of whiny butts. These are happy, positive people. They're 60, they're 70, they're 80, they're engaged, they're energetic. It's not something maybe I understood 20 years ago, but I see it plain as day right now. Absolutely. Um, we're going to be very creative, uh, particularly, you know, the boomers, they know what they want and they have always been creative and they're going to be creative. Uh, retirement communities that meet the bill, you know, they're going to they're going to be used. But we're woefully short of the ability, not that we would use them all, of uh, to to have retirement communities for the demographic that that potentially needs it. So we will be creative. And that's the, the whole age friendly city movement, the age friendly country. I think Ireland is the first age friendly country, uh, the village movement. Uh, if you, you're aware of that, where mm -hmm. people get, you know, vet services and they basically share this co-housing that's usually intergenerational, uh, where multiple people live in a, in a large uh, place, different ages, which is just, and we're in, and NORCs, which are naturally occurring retirement communities, the country club, the private club, all of these, I believe are, are, are ways to gravitate towards what we internally know when, when, and feel. We need to stay connected. We want to try new things, meet new people, laugh laugh loudly what you do when you're with others continue to grow and uh, we'll gravitate to that wherever that is and so uh, there's a lot of people looking for that and so there's a lot of opportunity for them to find something but also a lot of opportunity to provide those places retirement communities senior living clubs whatever so i'm a financial planner most listeners are going to be financial planners and most of our clients are retired or they're about to be retired is there a way for us to ask maybe some consistent questions whenever we talk to someone to help gauge where they're at or maybe to encourage them uh, to be more active? How do you think we should approach it as financial planners? Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be shamefully uh, uh, <laughs> pushing my book. There's a, there's a self-assessment. Uh, there's some questions there. Feel free to use that. Yes, that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm shamefully showing it for you on camera. So there you go. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, there we uh, in Masterpiece, we start our uh, all of our process with individuals with a with a lifestyle profile, which is basically finding out where you are. But to ask questions, you know, uh, that one about when's the last time you did something for the first time? Uh, uh, you know, how many uh, people, uh, new people have you met? in your life. Uh, you know, you know how many steps you take a day, you know, and have them do that with a pedometer, you know, learning new things. Uh, so what are you, uh, what are you challenging your brain with these days? You know, what, uh, you, you know, it doesn't have to be a Chinese, but, uh, or, or learning the violin, but anything uh, helps you uh, stimulate neuroplasticity, which again, grows new brain tissue, which is then protects you from the, it appears from the onset 
of uh, symptoms of dementia, even if it's going on in your head. The Nun study showed us that you can be having the disease, but if you're growing new brain tissue with your lifestyle, learning new things and being physical so that you uh, feed your brain, uh, you can delay the onset of those symptoms and, or they won't even happen. And uh, so uh, I, would, I would ask them challenging questions. I would ask them, you know, how many young people, younger people or different generations are in their life? And, uh, and uh, how do they see themselves in 10 years uh, doing these same things that, they're, that, that are maybe going on now at age 60, but how do they intend to keep that going at age 70 and at 80, age 80? Because we need it and uh, we, we'll, we'll need it un, until our final breath, really, uh, if we're going to grow. Uh, we need to be connected. We need to have purpose and meaning. And that's a very good question for them, by the way. Um, what, do you, what do you see as your purpose in life right now? Uh, and uh, so it's purpose it's, and meaning. It is about connection. It is about you challenging your brain. And it's about continuing to move, physically move. That, you know, absolutely, it's, it's magical. Uh, we're creatures of movement. We were hunter gatherers and everything works better when we move. So uh, those are the key and uh, feel free to use any questions in the book. And, uh, but there are other things out there um, uh, under the, probably the general guideline of uh, lifestyle self-evaluation. I think I'm going to take a post-it. You've inspired me and I'm just going to write the word new on it. And every time I talk to a client for an update, I'm not going to just ask what's new. I'm going to ask, did you do anything new? New activities? Did you start a hobby? Met some new people? What's going on in your life? What's new with you? I love that people are going to just talk and talk and talk about it. I love it, Ross. I think, you, first of all, you'll get some blank stares the first time you ask it. <laughs> and uh, But I think that that kind of expectation from you. I mean, not, not, you know, not in a very forceful way, but in a, in a, in a kindly, uh, concerned and, uh, with all that you're doing to, so that they can have the kind of, uh, life now after retirement that they want. Uh, so I, I, I love it. You know, we get to the point where, uh, the partners we have in senior living, when they're looking at a prospect in the sales office, uh, we highly encourage them to say, so what are you going to bring to this community? At first, they said, are you kidding? <laughs> we, why would we ask that? We're going to give them wow. comments in a way of life. No, this is respect for you as a person. You have skills. We all have skills. How are you going to share that? And uh, it changes the narrative. Uh, I think you'll, uh, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I think some people planners would be a little apprehensive about asking your purpose until we have a deep relationship. Sure. But up front, everybody knows quality of life is related to moving and engaging your brain. There's enough knowledge and understand. There's enough awareness. That's the word of that. So to say, Hey, I, I know, you know, you got to get out, you got to move, you got to do new things. So, you know, what's new, what have you guys been up to? And there's no way people aren't going to answer that because if it's been three months since I last spoke with them, I think a lot of people are, are going to have something or many things that were new. So I think it'll engage a pretty good conversation. They'll start taking notes before they meet with you again, because they want to be prepared for that. Because initially it's like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that answer, that question, you know, so. It is. Well, and, and as we were talking, I was thinking, 
I'm going to have to mention your book. So I'll need another case, by the way, uh, because okay. then you have to send out a copy to everybody as well that, hey, here's the reason I ask. I don't know if you've read Dr. Landry's book. You probably saw it in my office if you were in the office. So I think that's a good combo. And we, we want to be influential. We want to be impactful with our clients beyond being a financial planner. And this is, I think, a very simple way to really encourage them to do the things that matter long term. Well, I know that your field does. I have grown uh, to know more and more of them. They have come asking questions. Uh, uh, Susan Bradley, just as uh, an icon, and what you, uh, you, congratulations on your, your new book, Shaping Change. I think that that is a huge topic, and as we have been discussing, and, and it's clear that you're concerned about, about the entire person. You are take a holistic approach to them, and uh, congratulations, because... Uh, I know I have learned that you are in a unique position as a confidant, as someone they trust. Mm -hmm. And many people don't have anyone that they can trust like that. So you, you, uh, you, you have a lot of weight on your shoulders. And, but I, I think uh, from what I see with this book and knowing you and Susan and many of your colleagues, uh, I, think the, I think people are in good hands. Well, I knew I had to write a book and I knew I had to make Susan the co-author. Those were two easy, <laughs> easy decisions on my end. There, there was never a thought that I would try to pull that off on my own. And, you know, she, she's great. The Financial Transitionist Institute, they're just doing great work. So let's pivot to the final question. We always close with the magic wand. So if you could take this magic wand that I'm holding for people who are just listening on audio, I've got my Disney approved magic wand here. If you could wave at Dr. Landry and change anything in the world, what would you change? Well, it's a very provocative question and uh, I, I love it. Um, I, I think that I have learned uh, then when you distill many of the things that are out there that are troublesome to people and uh, negatively affect their lives, negatively affect their health, uh, that uh, there is one that consistently comes up and, and that is being more mindful, being more present. We spend our days in our, with our minds turning and rushing around thinking of our to-do list and the future and the past and worrying when uh, most of that, you know, and we miss what's going on in our life because we, we're doing that. Uh, it creates stress. Uh, stress is causing huge amounts of, uh, of, of health care costs. Uh, up to 70, 80% of all visits are stress-related in some way. We're not built for that stress. Our hunter-gatherer ancestors we're not built for that kind of chronic stress and it uh, it destroys relationships it destroys uh, it creates wars it uh, it it, it, uh, it diminishes the quality of life and uh, if we can just find a way that every day at least for a short time even if it's just seconds at first where we're truly in the present uh, just as an example i ask an artist uh, you know what happens when you draw what happens to time I have no sense of time. And right. when you don't, you can't be stressed. And I say, how do you feel? And I get anything from happy to joyful. And so something, you know, when it is there, you know, if it's with a pet or it's with a book or it's in nature or it's meditating, find just, I would have everybody working up to, even if it's just minutes a day, because that makes all the difference. A world that's more mindful, I think would be kinder to everyone. I think that would be fantastic. And it's certainly important in my home as my wife a few months ago just had a heart attack from stress and is recovering now. So I've seen it. 
I've lived it. It's real. And, and I think that would be wonderful. So Dr. Landry, thank you so much for being on the show. Ross, thank you for what you do. This is powerful. Congratulations on the book, you and Susan, and uh, keep it up. And anything I can do to help, you know, I'll be here. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Shaping Change with Ross Marino. This show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results. Visit rlsummit.com to learn more.